Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one. And almost always, people smile when they think of Burt and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Burt, and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hey, hello there. Glad to have you back for this episode of The Burt Not Ernie Show, getting the promises of God into the people of God, one podcast at a time. That's basically the purpose of the show in a nutshell right there. Okay, well, um, today, I think we're going to take a look at Psalm 106. No, I don't think. I know we're going to look at Psalm 106 verses 24 and 25 primarily. So um, first off, I'm just going to read them from the Amplified. So if you were thinking you might have time to, um, I don't know, start the slow scroll on your phone or whatever. Um, sorry, I'm just diving right in today. So it's not not the norm for me, I know, but here we go. Okay, so in the Amplified, Psalm 106, 24 and 25. Then they despised the pleasant land of Canaan. They did not believe in his word nor rely on it. But they sulked and complained in their tents, which is, you know, their house. They did not listen to the voice of the Lord. Alrighty. So like the header for this psalm in my Amplified Bible, like little title reads, Israel's rebelliousness and the Lord's deliverances. Yeah. Does that not tell us a lot just right there? Israel, just like me, for sure, and probably at least a little bit like you or some of you who are listening, they had some issues with rebellion. So like now, now listen, being rebellious, it can look different than the way that we like to think it looks. Um, so like, let me explain that a little bit. Typically, we think of rebellion as it's just like that real serious, like big time in your face, you rebel scum to quote Star Wars, things like that, that seem just really rebellious. It has to be big and blatant, right? To be rebellion. But what if there is like more, a lot more way a lot more to a rebellious spirit or even just an attitude of rebellion than that in your face kind of behavior. Like what if it's not all the same kind of stuff that, um, what if it's not the stuff that lands you in spiritual jail? Like think Facebook jail, right? You posted the wrong thing too many days in a row and now you're in Facebook jail or sometimes you end up there and you don't even know why. What if like, it's not just this kind of stuff that gets you into quote unquote spiritual jail, whatever that is. That's not even a thing. I just made that up. But some forms of rebellion are, they're never even seen. Like they're not noticeable by the people around us. Like most people around us could have no idea that we are dealing with a rebellious attitude. Some of these things can really go totally unnoticed and can be hidden pretty darn well from the people in our lives, from others around us, even those close to us our closest friends, our coworkers, our family, um, church family, you know, we can hide rebellion pretty well, but um, it can still be really doggone gross. Just like yuck, icky, you know, what about that internal eye roll that you sometimes do when um, that super annoying person is around or your boss is asking you to do that thing that you're like, oh my gosh, this is the dumbest idea ever. There's going to be no gain from this. 
my boss is a fool, that internal eye roll, right? Really, really bad. That's rebellion. It just is. What about a really big, deep sigh? (sighs) You know what I mean? Like that can be rebellion. Totally. Um, Yeah, I'm going to pay this bill. This bill annoys me. It might be, uh, maybe you just had like a beef with, um, I don't know, the local government or your state government about uh, property taxes and you're going to pay it, but you're going to pay it at the last possible minute. Or you're going to, you can pay the whole thing outright, but you're going to pay in increments. Maybe you don't like um, some increase you got on your car insurance. And so rather than pay it all up front, you're going to pay it, but on the last possible day uh, before it's due, or maybe you're going to try to switch insurance companies again, just to kind of, I'll show them. I mean, you don't show them insurance companies are loaded. You're not showing them anything, but, or just any bill, like you pay it on the last possible day that it's due, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, or maybe even past due the last day you can get away with it. That's kind of rebellious right there. What about um, parking sideways to take up two stalls? So maybe you can avoid getting door dinged. That can be an act of rebellion. Not always, not always, but it can be. You know, it's about the heart issue here. Hey, even this, right? Okay, here's a good one, a classic one. I can ignore what the dude in the yellow shorts is saying to me after I park my car at Disney World. Like, I'm going to walk in the rear behind the row of cars. I'm not moving to the front until he yells at me because, like, I paid a pretty penny to get into this place. I plunked down a lot of hard-earned cash. So, and that's just where I'd like to walk, no matter what your rules are, no matter what the reason is. Doesn't matter. Not doing it till you yell at me. Or what about once you get into the theme park and the kids are cutting in line or whatever, you know, they're not, um, maybe, maybe you're not willing to take, or you see somebody not willing to take a couple more steps to put their trash in the trash receptacle. They're just going to throw it on the ground because like that, I paid good money attitude, that mentality. So somebody else can come clean this up. I I paid a ridiculous, stupid money to get into this park, which is, by the way, a choice. Nobody puts a gun to your head and makes you pay theme park prices. But that attitude, right? All those things can be forms of rebellion that um, don't really fit the the bill of like, we don't always think of that as rebellion. We think, oh, I know what rebellion looks like. And then we do those things and we don't think of them as rebellion. Or we know somebody who does those things. Those are still forms of rebellion. Honestly, like a lot of our rebellious ways kind of hinge on what is and what's not acceptable within society at in any given period of time. Okay, smoking is a great example. For a really long time, relatively speaking, not in the history of the world, but for a big hunk of modern history, smoking was acceptable. Like it's not really acceptable now, but it was for a long time. There was like, I mean, society and peer pressure can literally change what's acceptable. And we know this, but there's that rebellious factor that I want us to think about. Like the point is our behavior, which includes our rebellion is often limited and or provoked by the culture in which we live way, way more than we want to admit. We want to think of ourselves as independent people who make our own decisions, but you know, smoking was something that a lot of people did because they were pressured to do it. And and a lot of people are not smoking because society is pressuring them not to, right? So true rebellion is a lot more related to the heart and how we feel about God than about very much else, if we're honest. So and human beings, we're super good at making excuses, put that in air, air quotes, it's an excuse for the condition of our hearts. We are really good at excusing away the condition of our hearts. We don't want to admit, we do not want it to be true of us that a lot of the ways that we behave 
have everything to do with how we feel about the Lord. It's not always about right versus wrong or just like expressing ourselves or gosh, what's the big deal anyway? Here's and here's a great one. Sorry if what I said or what I did offended you. Sorry that offended you. That one is just so rich. Like this is listen, the way we feel about the Lord is expressed in our rebellion or lack of rebellion. And you can call it I'm just expressing myself when you know it's really rebellion. You can say, gosh, what's the big deal? You're being rebellious. That's what the big deal is. Or sorry if what I did offended you. That's crazy. Like, that's not an apology. If someone apologizes to you like that, you just need to to laugh on the inside and, um, you know, leave it go with that, I guess. I don't, because that's not an apology. If you apologize like that, that's awful. So it's awesome when somebody can faux apologize to me or to you and totally insult me at the exact same time. Is that not just the best? Happens all the time. That takes talent right there. But like, seriously, though, isn't that just rebelliousness at the core? I really think it is. So here's the deal. Rebellion is nothing new. And I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. But the awesome thing in the title of this psalm is the part where it says, and the Lord's deliverances. So mankind rebels and the Lord delivers them. Of course, right? Isn't that just like the Lord? You do you, and he just keeps on being himself as our deliverer with a capital D. It's like this continual work of deliverance is something he's phenomenal at. Also, it's plural here, deliverances. So that's super comforting, right? Like now, okay, I'm 0% condoning rebellion against the Lord because that's really awful. It's gross. The penalty that our sin and rebellion cost Jesus, it like it cost his life. So this is not flippant talk on my part. The word of God says rebellion, rebellion is akin to the sin of witchcraft. Super serious, guys. Uh, it just should leave like a really bad taste in our mouths. And it's just gross. So, but at the same time, it's really comforting to know that my stumbles and my foibles they're not fatal. And God has not ceased being about the work of delivering his children. He's not removed from the throne. So there's a big promise for us there. He promises repeat deliverance. The hope, the promise here, that it's also tied to the warning, of course, in Psalm 106, but there's still a lot of hope and a lot of promise here that we don't want to miss. So, you know, don't run around being an intentional or continual rebel. But also never forget, it's the Lord who delivers. And it's not because we've earned it or deserve it. It's just because he is a good, good God. Our deliverer delivers. And really, um, he over delivers, right? I mean, that's just the truth. So like the first 23 verses of Psalm 106 are filled with praise to the Lord for his mercy, his loving kindness, which never ends. There's prayers in here um, that God would remember them or us even. We can pray a psalm. Like, it's a great thing to do. If you don't know what to pray, you can pray a psalm. It's a great foundational place to start if you're not sure how to pray on any given day. So they were praying that God would remember them during their most distressing seasons of life and rescue them. Yet again, we can pray the same thing. Um, It talks about some of the history of the nation of Israel, like some things happened at the Red Sea. And you can read about that in Exodus 14. So like, okay, here's my, I think I have like a traditional want to show side note rabbit trail. So here we go. Exodus 14. Oh my goodness. That chapter would be great to read right now. Like put it on your to-do list for this week. Read Exodus 14 before stay-at-home orders and quarantine ends. Like seriously, that would be so awesome. Great idea you will not be sorry. It's good stuff. 
Exodus 14 is like one of the most awesome chapters in the Old Testament. Just read it. Okay. So some of the other things that the first 23 verses of Psalm 106 talk about, like you read about, um, in spite of all God had done, the people of Israel, they forgot God's goodness toward them. Envy kind of took over their emotions and polluted the camp. Envy is a really great hijacker. And if you don't rein it in, it will hijack your emotions every time. And it's a polluter. It pollutes everything that it comes in contact with. Really, I need you to understand envy pollutes and rots away whatever it comes into contact with. So it needs to be rooted out like right now ASAP. Idols were crafted and Moses had to stand in the gap before the Lord and beseech God not to just like flatten them, wipe them all out in mass as one total assembly together. And God listened to Moses and answered his prayer. And then we get to, um, like, we're going to roll toward the verses of today. So listen, after they forgot God, after they allowed envy to change their vision, which is what it does, what you see is totally altered when envy is running and governing your life. After they made this golden calf and they were bowing down to it, worshiping it, sacrificing to it. After what had happened with their oppressors at the Red Sea, Pharaoh and his army, and God's miraculous deliverance of them, and they walked across the Red Sea on dry ground, super amazing. They saw their enemies just um, totally annihilated, super amazing. And after Moses intervened and prayed to the Lord to turn away his wrath and not destroy them, cool that God answered that prayer, amazing. After all that, Then they despised the pleasant land that God was attempting to take them into and give them, right? They despised the pleasant land of Canaan. They did not believe in his word or rely on it, but they sulked and complained in their tents. They did not listen to the voice of the Lord, verses 24 and 25. Wow. Like what? God's trying to take them to a good place and bless them. And they despise it after all of that. So hard question Number one of the podcast, it might be the only hard question today. What is your then after that today? Then they despised the land of Canaan after that. Then after that, what is your then after that today? What has God done for you that you've forgotten? What works of the Lord have you like kind of quickly just totally forgotten about, like misplaced from your memory? The This latest season of life, the COVID-19 whole pandemic, um, this shifted pretty much everybody's life in like a lot of ways, a myriad of ways, big ways, small ways. It's really easy to see how people can quickly forget things. Okay. Like remember the Australian wildfires at the beginning of the year? Yeah. Think about how quickly that was forgotten in light of everything else that has happened. Okay. So we can, we have, we are living in an, an actual example of how easy it is to forget quickly something that just happened. So we tend to be real judgy of them. Like, how could they forget that? But then we forget, you know, we forget how God provided for us last week and we're fretting about, you know, what's going to happen tomorrow. It's just, it's, it's human nature. We are forgetful. We are, our sin nature is akin to forgetfulness like a lot. So that was like Australian wildfires. They were quickly forgotten about in the right now. It's just an example. Like, I mean, think about it. Things can change so fast and immediate circumstances can just be staring you down, looking you straight in the eye and they can make you just forget, just flat forget. But this is not okay when it comes to the things that God has done for us. We need to be really aware 
very aware, hyper aware, cautious, mindful that we don't quickly forget God's works on our behalf are worth valuing enough to remember for the long haul, no matter what comes our way, no matter how stormy the seas of life get, no matter how old and gray we grow, no matter what, let's be good at remembering you know, like, doesn't like baby Dory in Finding Dory say something about having a bad rememory? I have a bad rememory. Can we maybe just have like excellent rememories when it comes to, you know, what God has done for us, God's works? Really, let's, let's value what he's done enough to remember it for the long haul. So they did not patiently wait for God's counsel. Yeah. Okay. Is it hard to wait? Yeah, duh. Have we all gotten better at it during coronavirus and quarantine and stay-at-home orders? Uh, yeah, duh. We have. It's still hard to wait, but it's far more difficult to wait patiently, to wait well. But if we want to receive God's counsel, which is his guidance, his path forward through whatever Red Sea we're like backed up against right now, can't we like use some patience? Yeah, we need it. We need it. For my daughter, like if she listens to this episode, um, do you remember grandma telling you to close your eyes and find your patience when you would get frustrated back when you were little? Like you'd get upset about something, usually an art project that didn't look exactly how you wanted it to look, like you envisioned it in your mind and then on paper it looked different. And she would say, find your patience. Some days we just need to decide to just find some patience and just wait for God's counsel. I mean, when we do that, we have everything to gain and like really nothing to lose. But if we're not willing, if we won't wait patiently for the counsel of the Lord, like the inverse is 100% true. And who wants that as our reality? Everything to lose and nothing to gain or nothing to lose and everything to gain. Like waiting for God's counsel with patience is also about awaiting his purpose. God has a purpose in your situation right now. Actually, in really in each individual situation in your life that's going on, because there's more than just one situation, right? You might be facing unemployment. You might be facing health problems. Um, a really great, precious friendship might kind of be expiring. You know, friendships are like milk. They have expiration dates. A lot of them do. Um, and you don't want to be keeping chunky sour milk around. That's just gross. So, um, but it can be painful, right? When you're seeing that friendship fade away. Maybe you want to sell your house and move, but boy, right now the market does not seem to be in your favor. All the things, all the situations, uh, it could be, I mean, from the big things to the little things, maybe you can't get your favorite baked goods. And you're like, I know this is so small compared to what people are going through around the world. But gosh, I really am, you know, I really want that for my birthday. And I'm celebrating my birthday in quarantine. And I'm not going to get that thing that I've been waiting all year for or whatever. You know what I mean? Like big things and small things. In each individual situation that you're facing right now, God's got a purpose. And we can miss it simply by not waiting with patience for his counsel. So this means the promise is the opposite for us. When we wait patiently for God's counsel, we're going to see his purposes being unveiled or revealed regarding those exact situations and circumstances. That's a pretty big promise. It gives me a lot more patience. I have a lot more ability to wait with uh, like and to wait well. Do a, do a good job at waiting when I know I'm going to have his guidance in that circumstance that I'm waiting on. Okay. Um, just today, something came up where I was like, okay, I don't, you know, I'd been praying about things and thinking about things. And I read this devotional. It's not one of my um, normal devotionals, but I knew the Lord was saying that I want you to read that one today. And I read it and thought, okay, 
super convicting about what the verse of the year that God gave me and like, okay, yeah, that totally fits. I totally get it. And then this opportunity came up and I'm like, well, I don't know. And the Lord is like, that's what you've been waiting for right there. I need you to obey me in this. If you're going to do the thing I called you to do this year, you actually have to do it. And it's like May. So fifth month of the year, you're almost halfway there. Do it. And so I was like, okay, I waited patiently and I don't want to overweight and wait too long. Now I have to accept his guidance and move forward in it. And so if you're willing to wait patiently, I promise God's so true to his word and he can't be untrue to himself. He will totally give you the guidance and counsel at the right time if you wait patiently. So we're going to see his purposes unveiled and revealed. That's what God's word says. How great is that? How much do you need that? How badly do you want that? And here's how you get that. I mean, he totally does not have to let us in on what's going on. He doesn't have to. He can just accomplish his will without ever, without ever bringing us into it, letting us know, like kind of a glimpse behind the curtain, you know, like Abraham was a friend of God and Moses um, conversed with God and spoke to him, you know, as, as one man speaks to another. He doesn't have to do that. It's just grace. It's amazing. So how cool is that, that we get to have the promise of that kind of interaction and guidance from the Lord? Super amazing. So Psalm 106, 13, it it shows us that he chooses to do that for us, to let us get that glimpse into what's really going on here when we wait with the patience that he asks us to wait with for his guidance, which he promises will come. So let him lead. Just let him, let God lead and be content to hang out with him while you're watching to see what he's going to tell you to do or tell you not to do. Because sometimes you think it's going to be one way and he's like, nope, we're not going that way. So because of this kind of like, uh, you know, sometimes our thinking is really jacked up and jacked up thinking always leads to jacked up behavior. That's just, they go hand in glove. There's no way around it. They ended up despising the pleasant land and the good things that God had in store for them. They're jacked up thinking jacked up their lives. It led to jacked up linking. And that's just, ain't that just always the way? It is. Absolutely. There's no other place to end up if this is the road you're walking on. Listen, if you're walking this road, you're not going to end up at a different destination than the end destination, the end point of this road. If you trod here and journey this way, guess what? Where you trod is where you go. And you're going to end up camping out there for way too long, most likely, right? Like just, you can easily end up like the Israelites here in this passage, despising, despising what God has for you. And if God has it for you, you shouldn't, that should be the last thing you despise, something God wants to give you. But that's, it's really sad. It's like a sad state of affairs. So like, dude, just know, just know, don't go there. Let's not even start down the path. Just know I will not go this way. When we will not wait with patience for God's guidance, we will almost for certain never believe or rely on his word. Did you know that? That where you're not willing to wait in an area with patience, you're going to end up questioning his word. Almost always you're going to end up at a place where you're you're not believing or relying on God's word. It's kind of inevitable. God's word doesn't lie. God's word says this is the end result of not being patient. Where you see in your life areas where you're having trouble believing something from God's word, a specific promise, you know what? Um, yeah, maybe this might be part of the problem. Maybe, maybe you haven't waited with patience in an area that he's asked you to wait with patience. Listen, come back in here for a second. If you got distracted, got busy with work, you're on a run and you're, um, I don't know what, you checked your time, 
drop the Candy Crush for a second, stop the scroll, just hold up here. Listen, when we choose not to be patient as we await God's promised counsel and guidance, then what we're actually choosing is to not believe God's word. Really, drop the mic. That's the truth. To not believe what the Bible has to say. Um, yeah, yeah, we can take one long look around us and see evidence that that has happened everywhere. Can you not? Do you not know people? And can you not look in the mirror and recognize that that's the truth? If we don't believe the Bible, we will not rely on the Bible. If we don't believe God's word, we're not going to rely on or depend on God's word. We're not going to lean on God's word. And we got to lean on something. What are we leaning on? What are you leaning on that's not God's word? And where can you backtrack that and see, oh, that's a direct result of me not believing what the word of God said. And that may be a direct result of not being patient as you wait in an area where you need counsel. Maybe you rushed ahead and made a wrong decision. These things all link together. God's word is for real life. It's about helping us live well and cross the finish line of life well, because you're going to cross it along with me. You could cross it tomorrow. You don't know. Tomorrow might be the last day you're on this planet before you step into eternity with the Lord. So let's let the word of God help us to live well. That's it's It's not random. It's not all just theological stuff. It's not just for classroom study at a Bible college. It's not just for missionaries in Africa. It's for us living our life right now. So let it guide you. That's what it's here for, right? I mean, God didn't leave you a love letter for you to never feel loved. True story, okay? All right, so the good gifts God has for us, we can end up loathing and despising when we don't believe the Bible and don't rely on the Bible. Who wants that? That's not what God wants for us. So if it's not what God wants for us, then who wants it for us? Well, our enemy, our enemy, that's who. Verse 25, it tells us that the people, the Israelites, they sulked and they complained in their tents. Right there at home, so right in front of their little ones, their children, the children that they should have, could have been training up and in instruction about the goodness and the faithfulness of God, the miracles that he had done, that he was their personal loving God who rescued them out of, hello, slavery. Their kids would have been slaves and now they were free. Those parents with those same children, they're right there at the dinner table, just kind of bashing on God, you know, sulking, which is just gross. I mean, it is like sulking is one of the most unattractive like weigh you down, heavy, negative behaviors that anybody can participate in, you know, and they're complaining. That's how they were, quote unquote, educating their children. Not good, not cool. And at the very end of verse 25, it says they did not listen to the voice of the Lord. This is not a good progression, not listening to the voice of the Lord. That's a choice. They're choosing to not listen. They're sticking their fingers in their ears and saying, no, 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 I can't hear you bad, bad decision there. Hey, listen, God is not obligated to speak to us. He's not. He's our creator. He's our father. He's our savior. Just the reality that he desires to speak to us and with us, not just at us, like a back and forth conversing here, like with us, that should move us to never want to go to this place of ignoring him. Like he chooses this. He doesn't have to. He's not obligated. It's a choice. I want to end this episode today with kind of a challenge, right? And I hope it's super, um, I hope it's encouraging and really downright exciting for you. Okay, so here's the gist of it. The gist of this whole thing is that they did not believe. So I get it. Things are scary in the world. Adulting, it's not for chumps. It's way harder than any of us ever thought it would be back when we were in middle school, high school, and college. Life is hard. 
It does not seem to be getting less difficult. It's really easy to kind of start to slide down into that place of not really believing God for much of anything, right? I'm going to say that again. Life is hard and it's really easy to just slip and slide down the road to not believing God for pretty much anything at all. Believing can be scary. If we're honest, it can feel, it can feel risky. It can make us appear foolish at times. Nobody likes that. It takes guts to not just slide into less and less belief. It takes real guts. You have to be brave. So um, here's the challenge. Do you got guts? Are you gutsy? Here's the challenge. Let's get caught in the act of believing as often as we can. Maybe even every single today and why not right now today? Get caught in the act of believing God, period. That's it. That's my challenge. Um, it's a good one, right? Like, cause think about it. The payoff, the big payout, it's totally for you. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Like if you get caught in the act of believing God, you get the benefit. It's amazing. Yeah, he gets the glory, but you get the payout. Super amazing. Super amazing. So it's, it is a win-win. You won't lose. You won't lose by taking me up on this challenge. Okay, so get caught today. And I really, I wanted to start today, get caught today in the act of believing God. And boy, like man, oh man, are you ever going to see his promises prove true to you? If you're listening to this, to my podcast, the Burt Not Ernie Show, all about knowing who you are, also knowing who you're not, and really living out and appropriating God's promises for you because they are indeed for you, then you should get excited about this. If you want to see his promises prove true in your life, you need to get caught in the act of believing him. God's got good for you. He's got like tons of good for you. Some of that good is for right now, today, some is for tomorrow and so on. Like it just, it's going to continue. And of course, once you step into eternity, you're going to have more good than you ever even fathomed possible. Like it's like from Megamind, it's, it's unfathomable. The art is unfa- You can't say unfathomable, right? It can't be fathomed. It's big, big, but it's also for right now. So I want you to believe him today. And then I want you to believe him again and again and while you're at it, why not encourage some people around you to live believing him more and more and more? Why not share the blessings and the benefits of believing God? So um, that's pretty much it for today. But today, right now, right now, lock this in, like decide you're going to get caught in the act of believing God. Today, go ahead and get some of that good stuff because it's there for you. Lord bless y'all. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast and maybe like share it via, I don't know, whatever your social media looks like. Maybe um, Facebook is great. Um, You know, I don't know, whatever your means are. Instagram, um, does anybody even tweet anymore? I just don't feel like Twitter is really much of a thing anymore. Like, does anybody, I mean, I have like one friend who likes my tweets now and then. And I usually am just like, why am I even on Twitter? This is such a waste. So anyway, but, but if you want to share it on Twitter, you can, that's totally an aside, but maybe share this. That would be awesome because you know what? Don't we all need to remember that God loves us personally, individually, and has good for each one of us. And that goodness is for right here and right now today takes like two seconds to share. And you know, who knows, somebody might really be encouraged who needs it because we're all in it together right now. So let's encourage each other to just keep on keeping on for Jesus. And alrighty, I'm going to be back next time, probably next week with episode number 26. Take care, stick super close to Jesus for real and believe God, believe God for something today. All right. 
See you later. I'm Bye-bye. so glad you joined me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. It's an honor and a blessing. I'm so glad you joined God's me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. Day. And remember, it's an honor part of knowing and a blessing who you are to talk about God's promises with you. Lord bless. Have a fabulous I'll see you day. Next time. Remember, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time.